Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy D checking in once again. It's been a little while since I made the last episode, but I'm back and I'm better. You feel me? Sometimes we gotta disconnect to reconnect, come back even stronger. You feel me? So I'm bringing to this episode. It's gonna be a little bit about mental health, getting through mental illnesses. You know, stigmas in our minority communities. And how some of these problems might be able to be solved, you know. How they might how we might be able to get through them in a more positive and a more beneficial way. Stay tuned. This episode is coming to you right about now. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, D. You already know what time it is. Time for that Brotherhood podcast. Coming to you after a little hiatus. I mean, bringing to you the new year, something new. 2020, here we are, man. Time flies, man. Time flies. I was just thinking about 10 years ago, the previous decade and where I was before. I was nowhere near the man I am today. It's crazy how time flies, man. And in 10 more years, God willing, you know, I have my own house by then. I might open my own barbershop by then. These Cuts. Stay tuned. Follow the Instagram page, These Cuts. These underscore cuts dot unlimited. You feel me? <laughs> That's a little something I'm going to have under the works. It's going to be something I build upon as the time goes on. And hopefully, over the next decade, it's going to be something big. But as of right now, I'm just working on my craft, man. Just working on getting better. Plan on going to school soon. You feel me? Get that barber license and get it, get it really started. But as I digress, man, this episode, um, I wanted to talk about mental health, mental health within the minority communities, you feel me, and uh, what kind of inspired me was, in minority communities, uh, especially like the black, Spanish communities, for men, and I'm sure it goes for the females as well, when they go to the, when men go to the barber shops and and females go to you know the the hair salons you feel me the local hair salons the the hair salons with people of their culture you know I've been cutting hair for a long time man long time and as I had gone through many different clients you know I would have many different conversations with all my clients. Many different in-depth conversations, you know. We we would get into a lot, you know. And to this day, it's, that's just how it goes, you know. And it's almost like you're shaving, you know, you, you're cutting your client's hair. And it's like, you know, so you're taking layers of their hair off, you know. But un, an underlying metaphoric uh, thing that could also go along with that is 
the the layer of hair shed also it's almost as if a layer of their their internal shield is is shed also it's like it's almost like as soon as you you like they they let you in they let you into what's really going on in their lives a lot of times i've seen it happen time and time again and i'm a, you know from my personal experience my my human experience i'll give them the best you know, advice I can give them as a human being, man to man, you know? And it's like a lot of this stuff, it it comes right from the heart. And it's almost as if they, they never really tell anybody else about this stuff they're going through, you know? They don't, they don't really, it's it's almost like it's, it's not socially acceptable within their individual individual culture to let these things out, their, their angers, their insecurities, you know, you know, how they feel about themselves, how they, you know, family life, all kind of stuff, man, all kind of stuff. But it kind of, that just me, you know, inspired to get into the barber industry and open up my own shop someday, thinking back and I thinking back to all my clients. And as they sit in my chair and I start cutting their hair, it's like, layers upon layers of things they've just been holding in that have been let out. Being a bomber sometimes, it's almost like being a a therapist sometimes as well. And that's a great thing. That's a, another thing that I love about, you know, cutting hair. It's almost like you're helping people, people feel better about themselves, not only externally, but in many Many cases, it's internally as well. You're given the opportunity to really hear these people's situations, what they're going through, whatever it is that, how they feel in that present moment. You know, as before they're sitting in the chair, and as they're sitting in the chair, take it for what it is and evaluate it from your own human experience, and give them the best human advice you can give them. You know. It's it's not only making the person feel better internally, externally, but internally as well. You know. Um, so as a the next thing I wanted to get into was uh, kind of stigmas in minority communities about mental health and mental illness. Okay. So this is just my opinion, my personal opinion. I don't want to, you know, you can you can think whatever you want. But from my experience and knowing people and within my culture and my minority culture, I feel like I feel like it's almost as if mental illness has a big stigma in minority communities, like the the lowest minority communities. Um, Mainly because if you're in a a community within America, a minority community within America, which is at, you know, the lowest at the totem pole in in terms of uh, 
population wise within the country you know we already got all kind of uh stereotypes about us we all we already got you know our own shit going on we all got a you know police brutality, a lot of police brutality shit going on, a lot of racism going on, a lot of shit that still gives us plenty obstacles in our journey of way more than the majority. We, but we got, you know, we got way more than anybody else. We already got all this shit going on. You feel me? So on top of that, it's almost as if the alpha figures in our communities that is you know from a young age in our families in our households it's like on top of all this shit going on on top of being a black man in america on top of being a spanish man in america you know on top of all this you trying to tell me you got mental issues you trying to tell me you you got demons you trying to tell me you hear voices, you, 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 you having all these problems like this? Nah, man. As far as if you in a very religious household within the minority community, you know, going to a therapist in a, in a religious family, that's not an option. It's, it's, it's from my experience and what I've seen, that shit is not even in the question. It's not even an option. You going to church. You going to church more. You going to Bible study. Every day. You're going to be in there every day. You're going to read the Bible every night. You're going to pray more. You need your baby. You need to pray more. You need to start doing this more. You need, you know, you need to get that demon up out of you. Get that devil up out of you. You feel me? And yes, of course. We all have, we all got to have something that's, you know, going to allow these things inside of us to, to, to allow us to let go of it and allow a higher power, allow a higher power to take care of it. But that only gets to a certain point. At some point, you're going to have to dig deep. You're going to have to face them demons head on. You feel me? You're going to have to do that internal work. You're going to have to spend plenty of time, plenty of time in by yourself, not around anybody else, in solitude. You feel me? You're going to have to face them demons head on. And it's not going to be around anybody else. So, yeah, I, I guess to a point it could, if you, if you... You know, you, you pray about it, you go to church, you let that let that spirit let it out. Just let it all out, you know? To a certain degree that is it is helpful. But it it don't it at some point it kinda plateaus. And you're gonna have to start talking to other people about it. You're gonna have to get real in depth for what you got going on. You're gonna have to Put a name on all these demons that you're facing, all these issues, all these problems that you're facing internally, the things that you're afraid to talk about, the things you're embarrassed to talk about because what you might think other people might think about you or what your family might think about you, you know. But as far as if you if you in a religious household, 
you know, seeing a therapist, bringing you to therapy, going to therapy within religious, minority, culture. Uh, it's not socially acceptable. It's not socially acceptable. And as far as being with your friends within the cultural, you know, minority culture, um, it's also hard as a man to go face-to-face with your friends and tell them, put a name on it, the real shit you got going on. You feel me? Anxiety, depression, things of that nature. As far as mental illness goes, to go to them, you know, it's almost as if, it's almost as if, and again, it's in my opinion, it's almost as if we got all this shit going on as a black man in America, as a Spanish man in America, as a a, a man of color in this, in this, in this country. We got all this stuff going on as a minority. All the stuff that the majority, they have no idea or have to even worry about. We got all this shit going on. So we can't afford to be dealing with mental illness. That shit is on the back burner. That shit, nah. It, it can't go down like that. We already got all this obstacle. Now you trying to tell me you got something else on top of that? Nah. Work through it, man. Man up. From young men to young men, a lot of times, especially like alpha male figures, very masculine figures, they going to tell you, you know, man up. Be a man. You know, do shit like, you know, get tougher, you know, grow some balls, some shit like that. You feel me? You know, it's It's all kind of like, and I've been reading the book called The Way of the Superior Man. Thank you to my girlfriend for giving it to me. Thank you, Dominique. I appreciate that. But it's a great book, man. Great book. It goes real in-depth with uh, as far as the masculine and the feminine goes. We all have a masculine side as well as the feminine side, you know. And within all of us, at different points in our lives... The masculine will be more than the feminine. Sometimes the feminine will be more than the masculine. It's kind of like it kind of even they they even each other out, you know. We all have our internal, you know, and, and biological reasons as to why the feminine or the masculine might be more than the other. But one thing about the masculine is in order for the masculine to grow, it needs to be challenged. It needs challenge. Right? The masculine essence core, it needs to be challenged. It needs to be felt challenged. That's why a lot of times, you know, in military boot camps, they're going, you know, they're going, they're going, they're going to try and break them. They're going to try and break them. They're going to try and, you know, call them worthless slime dogs and shit like that. You feel me? But it's all in good masculine essence nature to try and challenge that masculine core. Because when the masculine core is challenged, 
it's either you're going to man up or you got a fe- more of a feminine essence and you're going to... It's not no offense to fe- no feminine essence, but it's most likely going to back down because it feels as if it's issues are more magnified than the than the uh positives you feel me but that's the difference between masculine and feminine essence the masculine grows through challenge adversity challenge of its masculine core and through that adversity adversity and challenge the man is forced through the masculine essence to to basically rise to the occasion, to exceed the occasion. Whereas the feminine essence, um, in order to grow, it needs love and it needs a lot of praise, you know. But as I digress a little bit, um, back to young young men within the minority culture community uh, I feel like there's a there's a huge pressure to to be a man to exceed all the pressures within this country exceed all the obstacles that we face as black men as men of color in this country as Latino men in this country to exceed not only meet exceed the expectations so you can really be something in this country and that's a very hard task it's a lot of pressure it's a lot of pressure so man to man you know a lot of your friends might you know tell you man up you know come on son not like Go some balls, man. Fuck is wrong with you, man. You feel me? It's all it, and, it, and a lot of times it's in a joking fashion, but the intent is definitely behind it. To to keep each other internally in check, you know. If you got some friends that care about you, they gonna try and keep you in check like this. It's the, it's the masculine way. It's the masculine way to challenge each other. When you see your, your fellow brother. You know, fucking up. You're going to challenge him. You're going to challenge his pride, his manhood to do better. That's iron sharpens iron. That's that's what brothers do. You feel me? But a lot of times, they also might tell you, my man, go. you, you need to smoke some more weed. Smoke a blunt, son. You feel me? Smoke a blunt. And you be all right, my nigga. You feel me? It's like, and when it comes to that, when it comes to drugs, especially like smoking weed, it's becoming more and more acceptable to smoke weed in America. It's legalized in many states across the country now. And, but I feel with that, there needs to be a limit on how much we are smoking weed. Because it comes a point where it definitely, in my opinion, can definitely be an addiction. It can be an addiction to mask the melt, the mental illness 
that they're facing. I've known various people throughout my life that have a lot of anger issues, have a lot of issues. <clears throat> I have family members that I know for a fact have a lot of mental issues that they're afraid to face sober, not high, you know? Because if, if you're high all the time, then you can't be low and nobody will ever know that you're low. I mean, if you're afraid of yourself being low, then what the hell you think the other people, what you what, what you think other people gonna think about them, or or how how the even the overthinking into other people, how what they think about you and all that, you know, you start thinking about other people thinking about you and all that, it's gonna mess you up, man. So if you high all the time, you ain't gonna give a fuck about that. Shit. But as far as far as like smoking weed goes and all that, it's cool. I mean, you smoke it once in a while, you know, to let loose. Oh, you know, I don't think that's a big problem. But there's a fine line between occasional and chain smoking. I was watching the Aaron Hernandez documentary the other night on Netflix. It's a crazy show, man. And it goes real in depth with, you know, the CTE and the mental illness and the lack of judgment because of the traumatic brain injuries that Aaron Hernandez had. And in order to mask all these problems he had, the man was basically high all the time. Is is almost like he's high 24-7. But the real underlying issue was he was afraid of his of his true self. He was afraid of allowing his true self to be let out of the cage. So in order to mask that, in order to suppress that and not have to face it, he would just choose to be high all the time. He'd be high all the time. So there's a fine line, you know, whether, you know, you're just socially smoking. And then when it comes to chain smoking, I think it's time for you to reevaluate your life a little bit. Reevaluate your mental health situation a little bit. Because when it gets to that point, it's almost as if you're trying to hide something from yourself. So try and act like... To try and act like it doesn't exist. Because when you're high all the time, you ain't got to face those types of problems. You ain't got to face it. You know. Juice World talked a little bit about this in an interview before he died, actually. The rapper Juice World. You know. And look at how he passed away. I know he had all kind of issues, mental illness issues that he chose not to spoke about, speak about, and he'd rather engage in all kind of, a lot of drugs in order to escape that, you know? And it's very sad. It's very sad it has to get to that point, you know? But the only real way 
to get through mental illness is to accept it yourself. Accept, acknowledge, not even accept, because when you accept, you kind of get complacent. It's rather acknowledge. Acknowledge what you, acknowledge the cards, all the cards that you've been dealt. All the cards meaning even your mental mental health, even your mental illness, even the chemical imbalance in your brain that causes you to act er erratically, that causes you to act without much judgment, you know? That causes you to have anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, whatever it is, acknowledge it. Through acknowledgement, only through acknowledgement, you can take strides forward to get better to improve upon your mental health and your life and your overall health but it all starts within if you try and hide it from yourself it it festers it festers it gets worse to try and act like it it doesn't exist it's like it's like a tea kettle, right? A tea kettle is put on top of the stove. The heat is turned all the way up. The heat is turned all the way up on the on the uh, burner, right? Teapot's full of water. <coughs> it's full of water. We're full of We're full of life. We're full of uh Whatever, whatever we're dealing with internally, right? If we're put on, if we're facing that pressure, you know, we're facing any type of pressure that might heat that stuff inside of us up, it's going to seep out some type of way. Eventually, the steam is start to go, it's going to start to seep out. And eventually, if that heat stays on, it's going to be, that that steam trying to come out, it's gonna be start bursting out any way it can, and when it starts bursting out, the the top of the pot might start rattling, and you might start hearing all kind of noises coming from the teapot. And metaphorically, when it comes to that point with human beings, when that teapot starts screaming, you feel me? That's when it gets dangerous. That's when you're a threat to yourself and other people. That's when you start acting real erratically, real, uh, real with with no judgment, with not a lot of judgment. You know, you gonna you gonna start to be a threat to yourself and other people. So before, when you feel it in the early stage, you might start feel that pressure. The early, it's the steam is just. It's just starting to seep out just a little bit, slowly but surely start to seep out. When you feel that, when you recognize that, that's the point in time you need to seek help. All right. And there's nothing wrong with seeking help. There is nothing wrong with it. As human beings, we thrive off each other. We grow from one another. We bounce off each other's feedback. We bounce off each other's insight and personal experience. We None of us in this world knows everything. If you think you know everything, that's an issue. That's a huge issue in itself. 
but none of us know everything. We can only grow through the next, we can only truly grow at, or gain knowledge and wisdom and through gaining knowledge, we can act on knowledge and gain wisdom. You feel me? Wisdom and, and knowledge is wisdom and knowledge is wisdom. I'm sorry. Knowledge and action is wisdom. All right. But the only real way we can gain knowledge is through listening, reading books, getting a different perspective of things through through books, through the next man, talking to people, you know. That's why elderly people are oftentimes very wise people. They're very wise individuals because they've interacted with Think of all the people they've interacted throughout with throughout their lives. Think about it, including all and including all the books that they read up until the late stages of their lives. They have a lot of knowledge gained through others, a lot of insight, a lot of experiences that they may have never faced in their entire life. But through listening, listening to the next man, they gain some new insight on something they may never even encounter. But they're more better prepared for the, than the next man because they gain that, that knowledge through somebody who lived it, through somebody who went through it, through somebody who thought about it and really went in depth with it, you know? So it's important to talk to other people. It's important to gain insight and advice from other people. Listen to their experiences. Listen to the, their wisdom, you know? It's all part of the human experience. You know, as Machiavelli, I think, I think Michelangelo once said, I'm still learning. That's all it said. I'm still learning. And that's a lifestyle right there. That is a lifestyle. The learning process never stops. Never stops. And if you, if you think it stops, essentially, uh, growth-wise, you're as good as dead, in my opinion. Growth is life. Life is growth. So listen to other people. Listen to experiences. Listen to the insight. Talk to people. Talk talk to people about what's inside. I mean, obviously, don't talk to somebody if you don't trust them like that. I'm saying, if you got somebody you confide in, and you think you know, you know, you gotta have somebody around you that you can confide in. Just let whatever inside of you out. You gotta let it out, man. You gotta put a name on it. You gotta speak on it, and it's gonna be hard the first time you speak on it. First times you speak, I remember the first time I, sp I spoke about my story from, you know, my youth to who I am today in depth. I spoke about it actually on the first first episode, but that was one of the many times that I spoke on it. 
the first time I actually spoke about it was with uh, my good friend Rich Morell, my brother, the founder of the Brotherhood Project. The founder of the Brotherhood Project, Rich Morell. My brother for for life, man. But I remember the first time I talked about it and how I felt in the moment speaking on it. That story was something I tried to hide from myself just because of all the pain that I went through during that time. I didn't want to put that burden on nobody else. I wanted to just absorb that pain and just live in that pain. You feel me? I wanted that shit just to act like it didn't exist. I didn't want to put that pain on nobody else. You feel me? So as I told him that story, it's like I was reliving every moment of that story as I told it. I shed a few tears as I told that story because I, as I let that out, a part of me was being released. It was allowed to be free, you know. And the masculine, going back to the book again, The Way of the Spirit of Man, it talks about the masculine essence and how it craves freedom. The masculine essence at its core craves freedom. If you try and box that masculine essence in, if you try and cage that masculine essence, if you try to chain that masculine essence, it's going to do everything in its power to try and break free. And if internally you do not let that free, it's going to start to seep out in different ways. And a lot of times it's going to be unexplainable ways. Like you're going to do some shit and be like, Man, why the fuck did I just do that and not really know why? It'll come in that, that you know, not allowing your, your inner self to be free. It will it will engage with your self-control a little bit. It will try it will teeter into your self-control. You know, because at your core as a man with a masculine essence Deep down inside, it craves freedom. It craves to be free. It fights to be free. You feel me? So at that moment in time, when I told my story to my good friend Rich, a piece of me was let free. It was like at that moment in time, a subchapter of my life had just begun. I had just started to embark upon a whole new level of my journey internally. And then the next step for me was to go to, was to talk about my story in front of a big, big crowd. So I saw, uh, I saw something on Facebook, one of my friends on Facebook, her uncle was a principal of school and he was offering to have pre, you know old college athletes come and talk about their story in depth in an inspiring way 
to try and encourage the high school football team and different teams in the school, you know, to try and work towards going playing in college and what it's like and the ins and outs and everything that entails. And that involves your personal story as well. So I was like, man, this is a great opportunity, man. I had just come to acknowledge my story to myself. Now it's time to seek the next level. And of course, yeah, there's a part of me that was real scared. And to this day, I'm 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 not going to lie. I'm not I'm not I'm usually always have some anxiety, a lot of anxiety actually about <clears throat> um public speaking like sometimes sometimes you know I'll I'll get you know the shaky voice and whatnot because you know I have some anxiety about it I know one of my biggest fears is <laughs> I'm going to put a name on this thing that little you know fear right now it, sometimes even to this day my voice cracks sometimes and one of my big fears is one of those times that um, I might be speaking in public, my voice just might crack a lot, like, in front of everybody. Everybody would just start laughing. Like, that's one of my big internal fears. See, just now, I just put a name on one of my anxieties, you know? But you got to speak on this kind of stuff to let it free. You got to let it free, you know? So as I digress again, um, so yeah, it came time to drive out to Providence. I made a, I made an hour drive to do this, man. But I was doing it for myself. I was doing it for myself first and foremost, and secondary, I was doing it to inspire somebody else. I was doing it to inspire the kids. So I put my heart and soul in that speech. There was two other guys that were speaking with me about their personal journeys, but I must have took about maybe 65% of the uh, time. (laughs) But the thing about it was what felt great was I had to cut my story short a little bit so I could let the other guys talk. And at the very end, there was a little bit of time left. So originally I didn't get to speak on my whole story but what felt great was at the end, I asked the principal if I could finish my story in full detail. You know, he was like, ah, you're cutting real close on time, son. But and then the kids, kids started to speak up for me. It's like, yeah, man, speak on that. Speak that. Speak that. Yeah, I got time today. <laughs> man, that felt good, man. That felt real good. Just to know your story, the pain you went through, the struggle you went through, and how you got through it, how you fought through it, your strength, your inner strength to get through that time could inspire somebody else, could give somebody else courage to face what they're facing, to speak on the issues that they're facing. You feel me? And to this day, I, I haven't talked to any of those guys or reached out to that principal again. It, that experience was for myself. But to this day, who knows? 
the inspiration I might have gave somebody. I remember the the kids a lot of time they after the after the presentation the kids a lot of the kids that came to me they personally thanked me. They said thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate that, man. It's very inspiring. Thank you. You know. I ain't get paid to do that or nothing. I did it for myself, but that in itself, man, that was my pay, man. That was my pay. My that was my pay to that kid I had inside of me that was holding all that in for so long. That was for him, man. That was for him. You know, he is me and I am him. So it's a lot. It's almost as if that was a true testament as to how far I come. It's as it's as if that 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 kid inside of me, that the one that went through all that pain, it's almost as if he was let free. He was unchained at that moment in time. You know. So I highly encourage you guys to do something similar along those lines. You know. It might not even have to be public speaking. It could be in a group setting with your friends. It could be a one-on-one talk with a very flo- very close friend of yours. But you got to talk about these things. You got to let it free. You got to let it free. It's very important. Very important to your progression as a person, as a human being. You know, as a brother, as a father, as the head of the household. You know, For anybody, women as well, women, anybody, you got to talk about these types of things, man. You got to talk about it. But yeah, y'all, that's just my show for today, man. That was, that was a lot of stuff that I just gave to y'all, uh, spoke on. I feel it's a very important topic these days, you know. Mental health is a very important topic these days. And it's a, it's important to know how to deal with mental illness properly. The main part of it is to acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. If you start to feel that tension, if you start to feel that steam start to seep out into different behaviors, it's time to seek help. It's time to seek a helping hand. Don't wait until it's too late because it might be too little too late by the time you try and fix it. It's incremental. You got to build upon it over time. It takes time. It's not overnight. So if you start to feel that, do not waste time. Do yourself some justice and act on it. Act on what you feel. But all right, man, I appreciate y'all for listening in. That's your boy D once again. You already know. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next episode. I think I'm going to have a little group group session next time. A little something, something different, a little discussion, discussion boards, you feel me? <laughs> but all right, y'all. Stay tuned for the next ones. Coming soon. Peace.